Good morning. Today is Friday, July 29th, 2022. The commemoration of Tisha B'Av is a week from Saturday night and Sunday. Of course, we commemorate the destruction of the first temple, the Beis Amigdash, the destruction of the second temple, the holy Beis Amigdash in Yerushalayim, the exile of the Jewish people, persecutions of the Jewish people over the last 2,500 years. There are a number of aspects to the observance of Tisha B'Av, the ninth of Av. The liturgical highlight, meaning the paragraph that we add within our prayers, is a paragraph that we add to our Amidah at Mincha, in the afternoon, that'll be this year, a week from Sunday afternoon, and it is a paragraph that expresses the essence of this day. And the paragraph begins, Nachem Hashem Elokeinu Esaveleitzion. God, console the mourners of Zion. Who are the mourners of Zion? Every single one of us, every single Jewish person is a mourner of Zion. Console us, God. And the paragraph ends, Baruch Ato Hashem, blessed are you, God, Menachem Zion, you who console Zion, meaning us, Ubanei Yerushalayim, and you rebuild Jerusalem. It's an appropriate paragraph. It's a moving paragraph. The problem is, there are several lines in the middle of that paragraph that it's not really clear how we're going to deal with them this year. Because the paragraph continues as follows. After we say to God, God console the mourners of Zion and those who mourn Jerusalem, ves ha'ir ha'avela v'hachareva, and the city, Jerusalem, that is in sorrow, that is laid waste, v'hashomema, that is destroyed and scorned, ho'avela miblibonel, it grieves, the city of Jerusalem grieves for the loss of its children, v'achareva mima'onosel, and it is a city that has been laid waste of its dwellings. Habzuya Michvoda, it has been robbed of its honor. Vahashomema Me'en Yoshev, and it is desolate without inhabitants. That was true for many centuries. From the time of the destruction of the second Beis Amigdash, almost 2,000 years ago, until modern times. That was true. But that is simply not the reality today. In Jerusalem, there are many more than a half million, 500,000 Jewish people living there. Jerusalem has vibrant religious life, secular life, cultural life, Torah study in all its forms. 
commercial life is vibrant. Every area of life is blooming in Jerusalem. The Jewish quarter in the old city is full. It is exciting. It is busy. The destroyed buildings have been rebuilt even more beautiful than before. I've mentioned to you in the past the the Churva Shul, which literally means the destroyed Shul, has been rebuilt. If you've been there to see it, you know I've had the privilege to be there. It's one of the most beautiful synagogues in the world. One of the biggest problems in Jerusalem today is traffic jams and no parking available. The Kotel has more than 10 million visitors a year. You just can't say about it that Jerusalem is desolate, is destroyed, is empty of inhabitants. How do we deal with this paragraph? So there are basically three approaches that contemporary, modern commentators take to this problem. The first approach is the approach of Rabbi Chaim David Halevi, who was a former chief rabbi of Tel Aviv, who makes this point that this prayer is no longer true. Those words that I read to you do not reflect the reality that exists today. And he goes on to say, we may not say a prayer to God that is dishonest, that is false. Parenthetically, that's a really important point about all of our prayers. We can't say to God what we don't believe, and we need to pay attention to this in all of the prayers that we say. So, Rabbi Halevi's solution to this is to add one word. Shehoisa, the city that had been destroyed, that had been desolate, that had been humiliated and dishonored. That one word, Shehoisa, takes all of that description and puts it in the past tense. So we are describing a reality that existed for many, many centuries. It existed up until our time. And with this one tiny edit, it brings the paragraph into line with our reality. That's one approach. Rabbi Halevi's approach generally has not been accepted by the rest of the Jewish world. Most halakhic authorities and the practice of most Orthodox synagogues in Israel as well as outside of Israel, including ours, Adath, is to retain the language of the prayer even today. And so we look to two other approaches. And these two approaches are connected. The first is that we are very, very hesitant to make even the slightest emendation to a prayer that we have been saying, that the Jewish people has been saying for many centuries. And that's because 
those who wrote this prayer had greater insight than we do, greater Torah wisdom, greater insight to the world than we do. And they included intended levels of meaning that we may not be able to fathom. So we don't tinker with something that we don't completely understand. And therefore, instead of amending the text, editing the text, we reinterpret it. Rabbi Yosef Soloveitchik, of blessed memory, explains that in our day we understand the references to Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, not to the city of Jerusalem, but rather to the Beis Hamikdash, to the Holy Temple. The sanctity of Jerusalem is an extension of the sanctity of the Beis Hamikdash, and that is not yet rebuilt. The Kotel which is so crowded, completely filled with hundreds of thousands of Jews on Tishabav, as well as other times of the year, is after all the symbol of the destruction. The one remaining wall of the outer courtyard of the temple. It is there, we gather there, because the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed and remains destroyed until today. And so therefore the Rav explains that what we are referring to when we talk about destroyed and scorned and desolate is the Beis HaMikdash itself. That's the Rav. Rabbi Avadia Yosef adds a related but slightly different aspect and he points out that the area where Jews lived during the time of the temple period was actually to the south of the city, not the area that today is included within the walls of the old city, and certainly not the area which today we refer to as the Jewish quarter of the old city. That was not where most Jews lived during the Beis Hamikdash. And let me just point out that building that is called Migdal David, David's Tower, just adjacent to Shar Yafo, the Jaffa Gate, which sounds like that was the location of the palace of David when he was king of Jerusalem and Israel. That is certainly not an accurate location of where David would have had his palace at that time, because that's not where Jews were living. Jews were living to the south of the old city, the area that is today referred to as Ir David, city of David. And even today, that area, if you visit it, you're familiar with it, that area has almost no Jewish inhabitants. So when we say this, this prayer about Jerusalem, we're talking about this specific area of Jerusalem the area that was inhabited by Jews when the temple was standing, that is still lacking in Jewish habitation and growth. Although, I do have to point out, that also is changing. In the years since Rabbi Avadi Yosef wrote this, that has also started to change. 
And there is starting to be Jewish development in Ir David as well, and Jewish habitation in Ir David as well. So that also is in flux. But that's the approach that Rabbi Avadi Yosef takes. So, but according to both of them, we say the same text with our new understanding of that text, whichever one we choose. And of course, we hope that this is the last year that we will have to save this text. I would say today, just over a week before, we hope that we may not have to say it this year. If Mashiach would come before Tisha B'Av, we'd be able to avoid it this year as well, with God's help. But there is another area of Jewish law that has changed with the change in reality in Israel today. There is a line in Shulchan Aruch, Code of Jewish Law, normative practice for Jews, and was practiced for many, many centuries, based on a passage in the Talmud, Haroa Yerushalayim Bechorbana, one who sees Jerusalem in its destroyed state after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, a person tears Kriya, a person rips their garment, just like we do, God forbid, when a beloved family member passes away, because we are in mourning when we see Jerusalem like that. And therefore, not Tisha B'Av, any day of the year, if we have not seen it in some time, and we're seeing it now for the first time, and we should be shocked and horrified and grieving over seeing Jerusalem in this state, we rip our garment, we tear our garment. I remember as a child, the first time I visited Israel was in the late 1960s, and we went to the Kotel, and we tore Kriya. We each tore the shirt that we were wearing as a sign of mourning at seeing the Kotel in that state. As Jews have done for almost 2,000 years on reaching that spot. Several years ago, I had the privilege to be one of the leaders of the mega mission from Montreal to Israel. And on the first day of that mission, we drove to Jerusalem and we stopped near the windmill. That's the neighborhood called Yemin Moshe. You may be familiar with it. It is a place where you have this amazing panoramic view of all of Jerusalem, old and new. It is a place where you have the view of this magnificent, monumental miracle of history to be able to see every part of Jerusalem at once. Allow me to share with you briefly what I said to our group as we stood on that spot. I said to the group, for centuries, Jewish law and Jewish practice has been on reaching this site, this spot where we can from here see the city of Jerusalem, the old city and the new city. Our practice has been to tear Kriya, to engage in an act of mourning and grieving. And now, today, we are the first generation 
in 2,000 years that we will not tear Kriya, we will make the bracha shehechiyanu. Shehechiyanu v'kiyamanu v'giyanu lazman Thanking God for allowing us to live and to come and to witness this amazing miracle of the rebirth of Israel and the rebirth of the Jewish people. How amazing it is to live in this time to come where Jews have always wanted to come. And now to see such beauty because when they came, they saw only destruction. And what we see today is this amazing beauty and growth and crowds and building. We say about Jerusalem in particular, Israel in general, we say this every Shabbos. We refer to it as Reishis Tzmichas Ulasenu. It is the beginning of the sprouting of our redemption. It's not complete. Redemption is not complete. The Messianic era has not yet completely arrived. It's not perfect. But it's coming. It's sprouting. It is beginning. Can anyone doubt, standing at this spot in particular, can anyone doubt, quoting the line that we said this morning from Hallel, Me'ez Hashem Hoysazos, this is something that comes directly from God. It is a wonder in our eyes to be able to see this today. We have the privilege to be the first generation in 2,000 years that is able to say, God promised this to us. We waited for it. We did not give up our hope in this. And it has come true in our day. I shared this with you before. The prophecy of Zechariah. Not all of the prophecies have come true yet. But listen again to the prophecy of Zechariah, Zechariah the prophet. Zechariah is speaking 2,500 years ago when he says there will again come a time when older men and older women will sit along the streets of Jerusalem and the streets of the city will be filled with little girls and little boys who are playing in its streets. And I said to our group, I said, so when you go home for the rest of your life, Remember this moment, standing here, seeing this panoramic view. Remember this moment when you saw with your own eyes God's promise fulfilled. This one, God's promise fulfilled. When you saw the miracle of Jerusalem rebuilt, crowded with men and women and boys and girls walking, playing, and living in the streets of Jerusalem. God's promise has come true in our day. Today we do not tear Kriya. We say Shehechiyanu. We are in a new era. We are in a new reality. 
And our religious life, our spiritual life, must reflect that. So, there is a dissonance between the prayer that we say on Tisha B'Av and the bracha, the blessing that we say when we see this sight. You could refer to it as a dissonance. I would refer to it as a balance. There is a balance between those aspects that are not yet complete and the overwhelming reality of what has been accomplished. A balance between the bracha and the prayer on Tisha B'Av. So on Tisha B'Av, a week from Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, we will say this paragraph of Nachem. It's not complete. It's not perfect. There are aspects that are still destroyed. There are aspects that have still not come back according to whichever interpretation you're going to understand it. It's not finished. It's not done. But even today, there is much reason to say, Shehechayanu, thank you, God, for the privilege of being able to be alive at this time to see this miracle of history. Even on Tisha B'Av, even on the 9th of Av itself, or this year, the 10th of Av, where we commemorate it, Saturday night and Sunday, even on Tisha B'Av, we should celebrate what we have, what God has given us, what we have created in Israel today and specifically in Jerusalem today. Shehechayonu v'kiyamanu v'hikiyonu lazman hazeh. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and a wonderful Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing you soon in person.